0: The answer.
2: Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 18th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks for being with us. we got a couple of great guests. In fact, we got three great guests. It's just going to be in two guest segments because we have a uh, tag team that's going to be hitting us next hour. Uh, Coming up this hour at 935, Dr. Everett Piper will be joining us, former university president, uh, best-selling author, and uh, highly sought-after motivational and uh, inspirational speaker. Dr. Piper is going to join us to talk about a host of issues. And then at uh, 1020 today, kind of an odd time, I mean, the only reason is because I've got two guests at the same time, the aforementioned tag team, and I want to give them each an opportunity to speak just as they are going to speak on Monday at the next Act for America in Cleveland meeting. Trevor Loudon and Bishop E.W. Jackson are going to tag team us on their presentation called Stand Against Communism. And this is such an important time right now when we talk about the red-green axis, which we have talked about several times on this program through the last few years. it is never, ever, well, I won't say never. Uh, it, it's just as important now as it has ever been. Let's put it that way. The red-green axis, of course, refers to the communists and the Islamists combining, uniting in a shared goal of destruction of Western values and, quite frankly, of Western civilization and the imposition of uh, state-sponsored control. Now, when they, if they were to ever achieve their be-all, end-all dream, who would get to take control, the communists or the Islamists? Well, that's uh, something they're willing to fight out. But for the moment, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, as they see it. And so they are indeed uh, working together. Communism is a threat. Congre- Congressman, um, uh, excuse me, Senator Lindsey Graham made this very, very clear in his comments yesterday. Actually, I take that back. It would have been Tuesday when Senator Lindsey Graham called the squad, as they like to be known, the four freshman uh, representatives who have decided to take over the government, who have decided essentially to take over the world. Uh, they've just you know they, really they've been in power or in their own see, it's not even in power. They've been part of a 435 member house and a 535 member Congress for six months, seven months, and they have all the answers and they have decided to lay it all out. Uh, but Senator Lindsey Graham just called them what they were, said these are communists. These are radical. Communists who are trying to destroy and rebuild the country. Senator John Kennedy said something similar, and this is just where we are. Do I have Lindsey Graham? I don't know if I have Lindsey Graham's audio here or not. Let me see if I do. This is, uh, yeah, I do. Here's uh, here's Senator Lindsey Graham. Well, we all know. That AOC
1: and this crowd are a bunch of communists. There it is. They hate Israel. They hate our own country. Yep. They're calling the guards uh, along our border, the Border Patrol agents, concentration camp guards. Yeah. Uh, They accuse people who support Israel of doing it for the Benjamins. Yep. Uh, They're anti-Semitic. They're anti-America. Don't get down...
2: Aim higher. We don't need to know anything about them personally. Talk about their policies. Senator, talk Kelly. about their policies, indeed. Talk about their rhetoric. Talk about the anti-American and anti-Israel, anti-Semitic uh, language that they use on a regular basis. Totally agree. Totally agree. Let's do that. Senator Graham was essentially advising the President, by the way, not to punch down and not to get into these wars of, w- wars of words with the uh, uh, the squad, the suicide squad. By the way, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent here. The communist part I just brought up is because of our guests that are coming up. Stand Against Communism speakers Trevor Loudon and Bishop E.W. Jackson who join us at 1020 all the way until 11 o'clock. Uh, but, but let's get to this point here. Um, the squad is, we've got to pick one. I'm online every day, uh, for the last few days anyway. And I am participating in hashtags, like so many others, on the social media side. And there seems to be a debate about who they are. Some want to call them the odd squad. I don't think that's good enough. They're more than just odd. They're very, very dangerous, which is why I push Jihad Squad. Because two of the members, anyway, are radical Islamic extremists who believe that Israel should not exist. Ilhan Omar, by the way, is about to introduce yet another resolution supporting BDS, which is Boycott, Divest, and Sanction the Nation of Israel, in an attempt to uh, essentially freeze it out and um, uh, allow it to, to dry up uh and go away without a military strike if you will or without terror strikes. Boycott divest and sanction is obviously very complex, but it essentially means just what it sounds like. Boycott Israel, urging companies and nations around the world not to to, to do business with them, divest, in other words, do not allow investors to invest uh, uh uh into Israel and sanction them economically the way we have sanctioned, you know, Iran, North Korea and terror sponsoring nations. It's a it's a cruel inhuman, unbelievably anti-Semitic movement to do to the um, uh, nation of Israel. And that's what Ilhan Omar is supporting right now. So between her and Rashida Tlaib, who calls the uh, existence of Israel an occupation of Palestinian land, <laughs> which is also just uh, beyond the pale, uh, no pun intended, with the racial char- racially charged conversation that's going on in this country right now. But at any rate, Uh, I call them Jihad Squad. Some are calling them Odd Squad. I also am a fan of Suicide Squad. And that's a movie and a comic book type thing, I guess. Uh, But it's kind of appropriate here, too, because they are killing their own party. Make no mistake about that. They are killing their own party. Nancy Pelosi recognizes it. That's why she continues to have this battle with them. She backed them a little bit in calling Trump a racist and calling for that show vote a couple of days ago, in which they declared the president's tweets about going back home to be racist. But then she went right back to the battle against the Suicide Squad. Because Nancy Pelosi knows that President Trump is winning. He has successfully branded Alexandria, Damasio, Cortez, and Jihad Omar and Sharia Talib and Ayana Presley. I don't have a nickname for her yet. I'll work on it. Uh, he has successfully branded them as the leaders of the Democrat Party, the face of the party, the future of the party, the president of the party. These four <laughs> half wits, uh, literally. They, 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 they. It's, 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 it's amazing to listen to the, the the ignorance in their statements, let alone the bigotry in their statements, the anti-American and anti-Semitic messaging of their statements. It's amazing how how how, how shallow thinking they are. Seriously, I call them half-wits. They really don't. They're, they're not equipped to have these kinds of battles, quite frankly, when you listen to them. I mean, their leader, their de facto leader, domasio Cortez, literally shut down the movement and the, the opening of an Amazon uh, facility in New York City in her district because she, who has an, she has a degree in economics from Boston University because she thought that the tax breaks, the tax abatements, the tax credits that Amazon was going to receive from New York was actual cash that was just sitting around in a vault somewhere that they were going to give Amazon for coming to New York. This was going to bring some 25,000 jobs to New York. It was going to generate, according to the reports at the time, some $25 billion of economic growth and activity in New York over a period of, of, I don't remember how many years. Not per year, of course, 25, but, but over a period of years massive well paying job numbers of well paying jobs and huge economic growth and she stopped it she opposed it she she bought billboards to block it because this 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 mental midget this this bartender turned congresswoman without any further qualifications thought that they were giving Amazon a 3 billion dollar tax break Or, excuse me, uh, giving them a $3 billion check, rather, because it was a $3 billion tax break. And my numbers might be off. I don't have this completely memorized. But I think those were the numbers. Essentially, over the course of a period of 10 or 20 years or whatever it is, the tax abatement or the tax credits, the tax break that the city was willing to give, the city and the state were willing to give to Amazon to come to New York, um, was going to be just that. They wouldn't have to pay taxes uh, at those levels she thought that meant they were actually giving them cash and screamed into every microphone she could find, we could use that money here, we could use that money there, we can take that cash, we can give it to a lot more important places than to Amazon. She, she's, she's, I mean, I just hate being so blunt, but we're talking about blunt instruments here. <laughs> but she's just dumb. In addition to their vile anti-Americanism, they're really just Dumb. Last night, President Trump in North Carolina had a campaign rally, and he let them have it. And as he was condemning and criticizing correctly and accurately and appropriately the four, quote-unquote, squad members who have decided to become the face of the Democrat Party and to brand him as a racist, to brand his supporters as racist, his voters as racist, etc., as he laid into them the... Um, The uh, crowd, the raucous crowd of supporters, decided to start chanting, send her back, send her back, send her back. Not talking about Ocasio, or I mean, Damasio Cortez this time, but talking about Ilhan Omar. She's the only one, of course, who's from a foreign country. She's from Somalia. Send her back. You just heard Hugh Hewitt, my friend, uh, and a man with whom I really, really enjoy a great relationship. I disagree with him on this. Hugh Hewitt was saying that the president needed to condemn that, needed to stop that. That it's a nativist chant that is uh, that is you know inappropriate. I completely disagree. Completely disagree. Why? Why was the president right not to sit uh, to uh, stifle that and shut that down? Because there is in this country and has been a belief for a very long time. It used to be on bumper stickers for crying out loud, back in the seventies and eighties, and maybe into the nineties. I don't know. You remember the bumper sticker and the t-shirts people used to wear and used to have on their cards that said, America, love it or leave it? It was just a sense of national. Is that nativist? Is Is that xenophobic? Or is it just patriotic? Love the greatest country on earth that gives you the most freedoms and the most opportunity that you will find anywhere on the planet or leave it. Go find something better. Go fix another country and turn it into something that you think will be better. I have no problem with that messaging. America love it or leave it. And if Ilhan Omar hates this country as much as she apparently does, then send her back. Now, not forcefully, but the president, of course, never said anything about force. She didn't say he didn't say deport her or anything of that nature. She's an American citizen now. But let her go back if she chooses. Ilhan Omar has become, perhaps even more so than Alexandria damasio cortez she has become the face of the face of the squad. She's the face of the squad, which is the face of the Democrat Party. And she is wholly and truthfully and deeply hateful of this country. Hateful of the nation of Israel. Hateful of... Of Jews, And yet she gets to stand before the American people at a press conference and declare somebody else to be racist. She hates Jews. She condemns Jews. She has done it in the past. She does it in the present. And now she plans to do it again here in the near future by introducing a resolution of BDS against the nation of Israel. And she gets to decide who and what racism looks like? Let me help you out, Jihad Omar. You want to know what racism looks like? Find a mirror. Look deeply into that mirror and you will see racism. In a moment after this time out, I will let you hear racism. More of it coming from the mouth of Representative Jihad Omar, the face of the squad, which is the face of the Democrat Party. And President Trump is winning. It's 9 21. We're right back after this on AM
1: 1420.
0: WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast.
2: All right, it's 926. The Bob Brands Authority continues. Not sure if I'm going to have a ton of time here to give you the uh, full res- or, uh, uh, Jihad Omar uh, treatment here. But i got a bunch of messages here. I'm getting tweets. I'm getting Facebook uh, comments. I'm getting text messages to my private phone. And i got people on the phone lines, all with suggestions on the nickname of the squad. Um, uh, Marcy tells me she answered a call off the air that said, uh, uh, Esther suggested fraud squad. That's not bad. My friend Dan suggested SS squad. That's a little scary, of course, when we think about the history of the SS, but what he says it means is socialist with Sharia on the side. The SS squad, that's kind of interesting. Uh, let's see if Ken and hinckley has got one for us here on the phones. Ken, are you there? Hey, good morning, Bob. How are you doing? Good, Ken. What do you think? You got a squad name for us?
0: Yeah, I certainly do, because the definition fits it perfectly. The goon squad. Goon stands for bullies. <laughs> especially those that have identified themselves as terrorists. And they just want to uh, destroy the opposition. I, I can get but with I that. I, I, that's not bad. The Goon, yeah, the Goon Squad. I've been calling them that. I've been writing to Pelosi every day because I've told her she's lost confidence and her ability to lead. She's just She's got to go. It's
2: just a mess. Yeah, but but you know what? That's the beauty of it, though. It is a mess. It is a mess. She can't lead, and she is surrendering her leadership to these four, and that's probably a great thing. Have you seen, since this pre- the uh, president got into this dust-up with these four uh, lunatics, his poll numbers have never been higher. He's actually doing better because America can't stand these four.
0: You know, I actually ordered some more popcorn.
2: <laughs> yes, enjoy, enjoy the show, as it were. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. Continuing on AM fourteen twenty, the answer coming up in the ten o'clock hour at uh, roughly ten twenty. It's an odd time to to have a guest on, uh, but uh, we're going to do it, uh, and we're going to have a couple of guests on. As a matter of fact, because they are going to be the tag team speakers um, at the Act for America meeting that is coming up on Monday. And uh, this will be an online meeting and an online education from Trevor Loudon and from uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson. They're going to do a, a, a presentation on their stand against communism. In May, they began exposing how the Democrat Party has been infiltrated by socialists, Marxists, and, yes, outright communists at every level, from precinct chairman to multiple presidential candidates. And then after the Democratic debates that we saw two weeks back... Um, they pretty much validated the uh, the uh, assertions made by Trevor and uh, Bishop Jackson. So they're going to be given a presentation at Act for America on Monday, and we're going to get a sneak preview of that. In fact, we'll go as in depth as we can. The reason we're going to have them on a ten twenty is we're going to have them for that segment, and then both segments in the ten thirty to ten or to eleven o'clock hour as well, so that we can give them each a chance to talk at length. All right, we are endeavoring to get. Um, um, Dr. Everett Piper on the air. Not sure exactly where that stands at this moment, uh, but if you would like. In fact, I'm going to use this opportunity because I kind of ran out of time uh, in the last segment. While we wait for Dr. Piper, uh, I want to talk about uh, Ilhan Omar and why it was appropriate for the angry supporters at the Trump rally yesterday to shout, send her back. Now, it wasn't appropriate to the letter of the law. Because nobody is suggesting that she be forcefully deported. Nobody is suggesting that he be or she be you know quote unquote, sent back in such a way. Um, what we are talking about is what the President said. If you hate this country so much, if you hate our values so much, our military so much, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, uh, why don't you go back to your country? Maybe create a better one there. Fix that broken one. And once you show us how successful you were at fixing that one, then maybe we'll talk about you coming back here and trying to fix this one. But right now, this one's running pretty well. Um, you know, without, uh, without your input. So the center back thing might be a little bit rough from that standpoint, but the message of if you hate this place so much, get out of here is valid. Now, yesterday we talked about this to some degree, with John Cardillo, one of my guests yesterday, and I want to talk about it in a little, bit more, a little bit more in depth. Now, this woman, Jihad Omar, has a long history of anti-American and anti-Israel statements. It's not just when she started in office in, in the Congress um, seven months ago. She, here's, this is a tweet from back in 2012, all right, when she was a state representative in Minnesota. She made this statement, quote, On Twitter, November 16, 2012. Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Hashtag Gaza, hashtag Palestine, hashtag Israel. She's calling Israel evil back in 2012. And when when this was brought up again to her back in January, when she was being sworn in uh, to the Congress... She defended it and said, I don't know how my comments can be uh, offensive to Jewish Americans, she said. She was asked on CNN. She was asked on CNN about this, and she said, "Uh, I don't know why anybody would see this as being offensive to Jewish Americans. My comments precisely are addressing what was happening during the Gaza War. And I'm clearly speaking about the way the Israeli regime was conducting itself in that war. You mean... Jihad Omar in self-defense? Because that's how the Israeli regime conducted itself, and has always conducted itself. Palestinians who want the nation of Israel decertified by the rest of the world, literally to have its name wiped off the map, and that land declared Palestine... Have been attacking and trying to make that happen forcefully by terror acts, by bombings, for, well, for the 70 years that Israel has existed. This is what they do. And when, when given an opportunity to pick a side here, she picked the side of the terrorists, the sides, the side that was attacking Israel, the side that to this day continues to attack Israel. Israel is evil. May Allah the God of the Palestinians, awakened the people and helped them see the evil doings of Israel. She defended this religious bigotry against Israel. Now, that was from 2012. Let's move uh, a little further. We talked about this some yesterday. The United States Army, according to the history of Representative Jihad Omar, the United States Army was the villain in the battle at Mogadishu, Somalia, in the Black Hawk Down incident. The U.S. Army was the villain. She responded to a tweet that described the 1993 Battle of Mogadishu as the worst terror attack in Somali history. The original tweet noted that 19 American soldiers were killed and 73 American soldiers were wounded. And Ilhan Omar responded to that tweet with this, quote, In his selective memory, speaking to the original tweeter, who is Ron Harris, this is back in 2017, in his selective memory, he forgets to also mention the thousands of Somalis killed by the American forces that day. Hashtag, not today, Satan. This woman who is currently trending on Twitter... Under the hashtag, I stand with Omar. You understand that? For those who don't know Twitter, trending means it has the most traffic. It's the most, it's the thing being most talked about or one of the things, because there's a list of like top 20 trending things on Twitter. It's, um, it's the most talked about and the most tweeted about on all of social media with the millions of users. She is trending at hashtag, I stand with Ilhan. I'm sorry, not with Omar. I stand with Ilhan. People are supporting a woman who, when describing the Battle of Mogadishu, blamed the American forces, saying that they slaughtered thousands of Somalis, which, number one, is not true. Number two, does not take into account the fact that the U.S. forces were there on a humanitarian effort to help Somalis. And number three, trending on Twitter right now, Millions of leftists tweeting in support of Ilhan Omar. They're tweeting in support of a woman who referred to the United States as Satan. Not in 2012. Not in 2015. Just two years ago. In 2019. Or, I'm I'm sorry, beg your pardon, in 2017. Just two years ago. She tweeted this. Not today, Satan. Satan. Let's continue. Trending right now on Twitter at I Stand with Ilhan is a woman who once sought leniency for ISIS fighters or men uh, trying to join ISIS. This, again, is not back in 2012, and not that that should matter, even if it was 2012, but this is even much more recent. My point is it's it's much closer to the time that she was elected to Congress from the Islamic Caliphate of Minnesota. Ilhan Omar, in a 2016 letter to a judge who was going to sentence a group of men trying to join ISIS so that they could go out there and kill in the name of Allah, she wrote a letter to the judge asking for compassion and leniency. Nine Minnesota terrorists joining ISIS Scheduled to be sentenced next week, ahead of those, this is from um, uh, Fox 9 News in Minneapolis at the time, in 2016, November 2016, right around the time President Trump was being elected. Thirteen letters were sent to Judge Michael Davis in defense, in the case of defendant, uh, and their names are irrelevant, uh, including one from Representative, State Rep. Ilhan Omar who won on election night, becoming the first Somali-American lawmaker in the nation, she asked Judge Davis for compassion and a restorative approach to justice, concluding that this ruling can set a precedent and has the potential to be a landmark case, landmark case in addressing extremism, end quote. She was right. It would have set a precedent had he shown lenience, leniency. It would have set a precedent and a potential for you know as a landmark case in addressing extremism. That is exactly right. The wrong precedent. It would have encouraged more would-be killers, would-be ISIS terrorists, to, to join and to, and to carry out acts, because she, they would have seen that leniency can be found in the court system, especially when you have a uh, Muslim extremist sitting in the Congress advocating for it. Does this sound like a woman who loves the United States defending ISIS fighters? Anybody have any understanding or anybody have any problem with people last night chanting send her back, send her back? We're not done. Let's talk about what just happened uh, earlier this year. Do you remember in speaking before a CARE organization, the Council on American Islamic Relations of Greater Los Angeles uh, in March, was that this March or last March? I think it was last year, but it just the the video didn't surface until this year because I know this is much more recent. But you remember, right? What Ilhan Omar said at that care uh, event uh, on that day? Ilhan, A.K.A. Jihad Omar, described the terrorist attack on the World Trade Centers, World Trade Center towers, the Pentagon and on what would have been the Capitol building had uh, 93 not been uh, driven into the ground in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. She described the worst terror attack in the history of this country this way.
0: CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties.
2: In her reference to the worst terror attack in the history of this country... Committed by her religious colleagues, Muslim fanatics. In the name of Allah, she described that as some people did something. No, your people did mass murder. Your people did terrorism. Your people killed 3,000 other people. That's what happened. And did she even speak of it in a, in a, in a, with, with tones of sadness, with tones of, of, of reflection? Did she condemn it? Did she say on 9-11, you know, she says, she, by the way, she's wrong. CARE was not formed after 9-11. We should point that out, too. CARE, uh, the Council on American-Islamic uh, Relations, was formed long before 9-11. I want to say it was around 1992, somewhere in that neighborhood, not 2001 she claimed it was formed to defend um, uh, Muslim Americans from attacks or from criticism because some people did something? No. No, it was not formed then. CARE is, is the American branch of the Muslim Brotherhood. CARE is the front group advancing the cause of the, the Muslim Brotherhood, cloaked in a, in a name of unity. American-Islamic relations. No, that is not why Kara's Forum, number one. And number two, it wasn't some people did some things. This woman did not express any condemnation whatsoever of 9-11. And let's bring this a little bit more recent yet. Just last week. No, I'm sorry, on Monday. It was Monday. It was Monday. It was three, four days ago. Just on Monday, when they had their, their uh, Four Horsewomen of the Apocalypse press conference all standing up there in white, red, black, and pale All four of them, representing the four horsewomen of the apocalypse, was asked at that press conference if she condemns al-Qaeda. She was asked specifically to condemn al-Qaeda. She couldn't. She wouldn't. She said, I'm not going to dignify that with a response. How hard is it to say, of course, no American citizen should support a terror group like al-Qaeda? How hard would that have been to say? She couldn't say it. She wouldn't say it. because she doesn't believe it. So these are just, you know, and and there are more. I'll throw one more at you. This is also more recent. This is March of this year. So what, four months, three months ago, four months ago. Democratic Minnesota Representative Jihad Omar voted in favor of allowing payments to families of terrorists in the form of life insurance beneficiaries. I want you to understand what I just said. Back in 2017, we just found this out in March, back in 2017 when she was again sitting in the Minnesota legislature, there was a bill, HF number 1397, to allow insurance companies to deny payouts to beneficiaries if the insured's death was directly or indirectly the result of terrorism. If a terrorist blows himself up or is killed in the act of committing terror, insurance companies wanted to say, Hey, do we have to pay their beneficiaries? They took out, they took out life insurance policies on themselves, knowing they were going to kill themselves in a, perhaps a suicide bombing. We don't have to pay that out, do we? And they, and there was a, a, a bill in the Minnesota legislature to say, no, you don't. You don't have to pay that out. Jihad Omar voted against that bill. Jihad Omar voted to give money, insurance money, to the families of deceased terrorists. Now you tell me again that this is a woman with the United States of America's best interest in mind. You tell me again that Jihad Omar actually cares about the United States, actually is not anti-Semitic. And, oh, by the way, let's go even, more, even further, more recent. In, in fact, it's so recent it hasn't happened yet, but she's about to, as I pointed out in the first half hour, she is about to uh, sponsor a bill... Um, uh, proposing the, uh, uh, or supporting uh, the BDS movement against Israel, the Boycott, Divest, and Sanction movement against Israel. She is anti-Semitic. She is anti-American. She is pro-Muslim extremist. She is pro-terrorist. She is pro-Al Qaeda because she will not say she is not pro-Al Qaeda. And this is the woman that has become the face of the Democrat Party, the face of the squad, the suicide squad, the jihad squad, the odd squad, the goon squad, the mod squad, call them what you want. Oh, not mod squad. Call them what you want, but she's the face of it. And she is being defended as the victim of racist attacks by the President of the United States and his supporters. You share all of this information with everybody you know, in person and online. And let's make her the face of the Democrat Party. And watch how fast we regain congressional power in 2020. We're right back after this.
1: When you're a stranger, faces...
0: Bob France, here on AM 1420 theater
1: when you're unwanted streets are all right
2: 956 obviously we were not able to make our contact with dr piper we uh apologize for that Uh, i was really looking forward to discussing a number of important things with him that we had set up but we'll have to uh, catch up with him again next week uh for now let me get a call in from mark in Painesville. hi mark you're on the air go right ahead Hey Bob, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, sir. What's on your mind?
0: Well, I was driving home this morning from work, listening to you, and it just dawned on me that, that? America has given the world number one, Superman. Number two, the dynamic duo. Number three is three stooges, and now the four idiots.
2: <laughs> you just want to? We're looking for nicknames here, and you just want to cut right to the chase. Just. Nothing fancy, nothing nothing special, just four idiots. Just the just, just facts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the facts, man. All right, Mark, I appreciate it. I don't, I don't know if that was going to go over as a hashtag. Usually, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I like the rhyme thing, okay? I like the rhyme thing. That's why I had somebody said, goon squad. I was like, yeah, I'm a little lukewarm on that. I had somebody texted me, uh, bye blah, um Oh no! This is about Iana uh, uh, Presley trying to find a nickname for her uh, as a part of the squad. There, I don't. I don't know. I like the rhyming ones. I like Jihad Squad. That's why I like that one. I like um, uh, Odd Squad, I guess. But I think it's worse than that. Uh, and the Suicide Squad has a certain appeal to it because, as I said, it's a it's a, it's a comic book character thing and a movie thing, and of course. I can't try to make money off of that or else I'll get sued. (laughs) So I probably shouldn't use Suicide Squad, or else they're going to accuse me of uh, violating a a copyright. But it does make sense since they are trying to uh, kill their own party. Um, I want to read this, by the way, speaking of their nicknames, real quickly. Ken in uh, LaGrange said, Bob, I don't understand why people are using the four horsemen to describe the squad. Aren't the four horsemen sent by God from heaven? Why are these four junior congress- congresswomen being called the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Wouldn't it be more appropriate to call them the four jackasses of the abyss? Thanks much, Kenny and LaGrange. Uh, Kenny, I, I, look, I'm not enough of a biblical scholar to know exactly how this is supposed to, to work out, but I do know that the book of Revelation speaks of end times. It speaks literally of the apocalypse. And the apocalypse is going to be brought on by the four horsemen representing the four um, evils that essentially will, will bring about the end of the, of the world. Uh, and those four uh, evils, if you will, are all represented by colors. And we've talked about this. And all four of them are represented by the colors of the, uh, the women at their press conference uh, against President Trump on Monday. And when you read it in that stand from, from that standpoint, that here come the evils that will bring about the end of the world, the four horsemen, it made sense. It made sense. Uh, I, in fact, it was a little bit spooky that Ilhan Omar was wearing a bright white, very clean white hijab, that, uh, um, Iona Presley was wearing a red dress, um, Damasio Cortez was wearing a black dress and Rashida Tlaib was wearing a light tan jacket, Uh, red, white, black and pale. Referencing all four of the horsemen, I, there's you know, again the evils bringing about the end of the world. So uh, that's the way I see it. I think there's something to it, and I think it's a little bit creepy, quite honestly. Probably just coincidental the way they dressed, but as they stood there and uh, and did what they did against our president, it sounded and it appeared a lot uh, to me like that. All right, it's ten o'clock. Don't forget, coming up at ten twenty, Trevor Loudon and Reverend uh, or Bishop E. W. Jackson will be joining us to stand against communism, and we'll take more of your phone calls after the news now